What's up, everyone? You are listening to the Playing Out Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. If you guys are enjoying this content, please head over to patreon.com slash the Playing Out Podcast and show some love if you are so willing to. I very much appreciate it, and um, I am very grateful for all the listeners, and I thank you all. Uh, also, please head over to theplayingonpodcast.com and check out all of the, uh, the other episodes and some info about the podcast as well. If you are so curious, you can check it out. Uh, that website is brought to you by Constant Pursuit, uh, who is Mr. Rusty Glaze. He develops all kinds of websites for other uh, other companies, other paintball fields, a lot of paintball-related sites, so he knows what he's doing. So make sure you hit him up if you're looking for some little fancy eye candy for your uh, for your website. So thank you, Rusty. We are brought to you by Charm City. Guys, head game, man. It's what you got to do. You can't rock a bunch of stickers on your loader anymore. You can't wear all kinds of craziness because of all these rules and regulations. Uh, but what you can do is you work, you can wear some, some, uh, fancy headgear. So if you're into some authentic hand sewn limited edition headbands that are nice and thick, that are, that are usually 10 or less that are made. So they're all very unique. And even of those 10 headbands, each one is very specific to itself, which I guess would be the definition of unique, um, Mike hand sews all of these and he picks out all of the fabrics. He does everything himself in his own little house he has. And uh, he does amazing work. The quality is is just off the charts. And what's really cool is if you hit him up, he will do custom work for you. You can pick from the designs and the fabrics that he has and he is more than willing to uh, help out. I know he is getting a little backed up just with a lot of the orders that he's he, that he's getting, but um, he he will catch up and he's he's good on his word and he does uh, he does just just great work. So make sure you head over to Charm City Paintball on uh, Instagram or Facebook and you can see uh, all of his designs and headbands and head wraps that he has currently. And uh, if you're not savvy to any of those at the moment. Uh, he's always putting up new ones all the time. So make sure you show him some love. Um, we are also brought to you by Melavio. Uh, Melavio is a CBD company. And if you're not very familiar with CBD, it is uh, pretty much the uh, the medical side, if you want to call it, of the, uh, of the marijuana plant. And what I, well, some people will call it hemp, some people will call it, it's what I enjoy about it is that you get all the medical benefits of uh, of CBD and there's no psychoactive anything. So if you're if you're wondering about, I mean it's, it's under the THC level is is under uh, all these all the regulations. So it's completely legal. If you're worried about that, um, I know there's some people out there who are like, oh, they're this and that. That's the big myth about CBD is that there's no you can buy some with uh, a certain level of THC in it, um, but what Melavio sells, everything is completely legal. 
Uh, you're not going to get in trouble about it. Obviously, everything is at your own risk. But, um, I mean, the, the anxiety benefits, the, the pain-relieving benefits, everything is... It's, it's amazing, man. I tell you, every time that I've that I've told anybody about it, they've always come up to me and they told me that they had they've had great results, and I have had great results with uh, with their CBD. And I know there's a lot of people that have heard of it, um, but you can also buy it at any corner store or wherever. But you don't know the source. Melavio makes all of their own stuff. Everything is sourced there, so they they are the ones producing all of their CBD. It's not, they're not getting it from a third party. So, and they're also very deep in the paintball industry. So the thing is, is that we are helping out each other. Paintball help, paintball is helping out paintball. Um, they're always traveling to any local events, the MXSLs or, um, did I say that wrong? MSXL? I don't it's a little early, so I apologize if I'm mispronouncing, misspelling. Um, but yeah, make sure you check them out. M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O dot com. And uh, if you want a little 15% off your order, you can type in capital T-P-O-P and, uh, and you'll get it. So very much appreciated. Thank you for the support, Melavio. Uh, we are also brought to you by Halo. It is a... Uh, a sports drink that only has two grams of sugar, and let, let me—I'll give you a little rundown on it. So it's crafted with naturally occurring electrolytes from the Great Salt Lakes of Utah, and it's crazy because it delivers effective and more bioavailable hydration. Um, it's nourishing and has organic ingredients. There's no synthetic coloring. There's no added sugar. There's two grams of natural sugar. Um, the immunity-boosting formula blends uh, lemon juice and ionic trace minerals and essential vitamins to replenish your your body of important nutrients. So that's the that's the most important part is everything that you're sweating out and you are just burning off by playing, by practicing, by anything. You chug one of these babies and you're getting all of those natural uh, reoccurring minerals and vitamins and everything you need back in to your system. It's low in calories, it's big on taste, and it has only 10. When I say low calories, I mean there's 10 calories and only 2 grams of sugar. So it's a ton less than a lot of those sports drinks that are out there. Uh, so you can pretty much chug Halo daily and be guilt-free on uh, if you're if you're just filling your body full of junk. It's uh it's crazy. So I've been I've been uh, using Halo for uh, a week or so now. Uh, it's probably been a couple weeks. I've had a few flavors. I've had the uh, the pineapple, tangerine, blood orange, and the lime, and all have been delicious. And they they've all have I've had really you know, like I've said before, guys, hydration is huge. And when you think you're hydrated, you need to drink some more. And what I like to do is in between my um, 32 ounces of water, I'll take uh, one or two of these. And, and and sip on them, throw them back, and then uh, and then go about my day. I always have one in my bag for uh, for paintball. I'm always taking one out there before I play and during, and it it helps out a ton. And if you guys are looking to try it out, you can go to halosport.com, and you can check out all of their flavors, uh, and 
Also, on top of that, if you would like 10% off, you can type in promo code TPOP and, um, and you'll get a little discount. So make sure you hit them up right now. They're, it's just online at the moment, uh, but they will be, uh, like I said, they're just a, a smaller company, but on the up and up. So thank you so much to, that's again, halosport.com. Alrighty, guys um, and gals, whoever's listening, people, animals, whatever. Uh, this episode is with Mr. Zach Hill. Um, I was on aftershock when I uh, when I first saw Zach, met him, and everything. And it was literally like we talked about in the podcast. It was a couple practices and like half an event because he got <laughs> injured and I was I was blown away by his play style by his calmness his uh his being so comfortable in in you know certain uh situations on the field his confidence and it just blew me away and I I, I said on the podcast too man I was I wish we'd have discovered him earlier I felt I felt like he we, he c- could have been uh, a very effective weapon for us. Um, unfortunately, things happen the way they do, and you know I. But on top of that, on the um, optimistic side, I was able to. I, I gained a friend in that short period of time, and uh, I was able to uh, watch him play. And now he went off. He played for uh, played for Boom. He played for uh, Chicago Evil. He played for. Uh, AC Dallas as of recently and now uh, AC Diesel so and his story is crazy too I didn't realize just how he kind of like bounced around from team to team and it's it's not like he was like out looking it's just you'll have to listen man it's and obviously you are because you're listening to me go on and on about it but um, it's an interesting interesting story uh, interesting guy great guy and um just a cool journey, man. It's it's amazing to hear all these uh, all these stories of, of people getting to where they are. So anyway, enough of my blabbering. Um, you guys, please enjoy. Here is the podcast with Mr. Zach Hill. All right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've never done anything like this, so I'm more interested than anything just to see how it is. Cool. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty simple. It was weird. When I first started, it was it was kind of weird because the first few that I did, I did actually it was, I think it was the first two, and then I did one with a guest on the third one. And when I started doing them, when I did them by myself, I really didn't have I didn't know really what to talk about because at first I was like I was thinking I'm like, well, what do people want to hear? Because I'm sure they don't want to just hear me talk for like an hour and a half, two hours, oh. um, and. I guess some people do, and it's it's weird because at the time too, I had just started listening to podcasts as well, and I'm mm. like, well, I'm not like a super big fan of radio, and I like my music, um, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I kind of listened, started listening to like the Rogan podcast, and and learned of a few more, and started listening to that, and I, I, as I started listening, I started thinking, and. It got me thinking, not really swaying my opinion on things, but more or less solidifying some of the things that that I was 
not questioning ethically, but just quite my like thinking more about myself and how I felt about myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and music does that to a point where it like makes me feel good and I can get into certain moods. But sometimes like music just doesn't. It, it I'm not in the mood for music. I'm I'm more in the mood of like of, of like enlightening and thinking and 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 mm-hmm. having my fucking brain wheels start turning and i think that's what really turned me on to podcasts um after i started listening to a few i'm like well th- this is fun because you almost feel like you're you're learning without being forced to if that i feel like that's what okay I'm, yeah 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 it's entertainment but mm-hmm. like d- i guess depending on what podcast you listen to it's kind of it's either entertainment or it's um enlightenment i i look more towards like the uh the enlightenment side sure yeah I, i'm not really i haven't really listened to any podcast but i bet i would sway that way <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot out there i mean there's a ton uh on anything anything really that you can think of i mean there's there's a bunch on jiu-jitsu there's um there's some like murder mystery ones. There's history. It's ridiculous, dude. And what I like about the Rogan one um, is his spectrum of specialists and and um, neuroscientists and psychologists and comedians and Republicans and liberal and this and this. It's there's just it's a huge for, uh, platform for just anybody to get things across and i think that's that's such a true platform too because i think a lot of people they tend to get into these uh these facebook groups or these these just groups in general even uh even uh chat rooms or whatever and everybody they they get into these like-minded people that are so it's like-minded in a negative way meaning the only thing that they have in common for the most part is like disliking this one thing (laughs) <laughs> right. And I think that's I think it's so toxic. I think if you're going to get with a group, it's because you guys have something in common that's positive. And I think that there's so much more that comes out of that than like, oh, you don't like the fucking Cowboys. Well, I don't like the Cowboys either. Let's go shit on the Cowboys all the time. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be fun at times if you're like that. But like it is. I don't know. To me, it gets boring and there's no development. Um, right. Self-development. I, I talk way too much on these fucking things sometimes. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll get my chance, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very talkative, though. So it's good that you fill in space. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's it's cool, though. But I like like soft-spoken people. And and, and one of the reasons why not – I mean, it's one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on here. But it's also a challenge for me because I know that you are soft-spoken and you you keep Mm -hmm. to yourself. um, But you're a fucking killer when you step in between the net. You know, it's – it's um and it's a very cool dynamic when there's somebody like that because I think there's there's more to the story because so many people leave everything that they are out you know right away and you, you kind of get this idea of who this person is right away not that you judge them but it's more like you know that first impression kind of you know who is this character and who, you know are they if they leave everything out right away you're like okay you can kind of get an idea but with the quiet ones you got to do some digging <laughs> meaning and by that i mean like you have to and this is just how, you know how my brain works but like for those for those people who don't talk much it's like now i'm on this mission to become close to to where i can have a conversation with and like kind of pick the brain and everything because i feel like those are the ones that you have to kind of earn even more respect and so admiration to 
in a way because sure. because you if you really want to know how someone ticks i think you really have to become um fairly close uh and as a friend goes but then also come off as like interested if does that make any sense yeah 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 you you're just genuinely interested yeah it can be hard to talk to someone if they're not if they don't seem interested in what you're saying mhm yeah. and i also think that a lot of the quiet ones and correct me if i'm wrong because you know you self proclaimed um people tend to get like annoying really quickly like sometimes like, at least the a lot of the ones that i know it's like okay you just avoid situation more than anything and you just kind of you know um but i mean correct me if i'm wrong yeah definitely you know that that can be true uh, especially if they're like really outgoing it might be mm-hmm. too much sometimes but i just keep to myself and uh, let everyone do what they're gonna do <laughs> yeah that's that's uh a cool way to do it because everybody's going to do it anyway but if you don't get in the way it's almost like you know you know, live your life but uh i mean are are you more are you i mean are you a people person like do you enjoy being around people just not involved um yeah that's a, i guess that's a good way to put it i like getting to know people more on a one-on-one basis i'm not mm-hmm. big on group settings and um, which is crazy yes. because you play paintball, which is a team sport around a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and in my career entirely, I've jumped around a lot and, uh, have had to mingle with a lot of strangers essentially. Mm-hmm. But, uh, over time you just get used to it. And I, I like meeting new people, seeing all the different walks of life in paintball because everyone comes from a different spot. It's, uh, that's my favorite part. Honestly, yeah. it's just getting to know all the people and see where they come from in life mm-hmm. and it's crazy because everyone has that different story yeah right? you, everyone's you, story is different <laughs> yeah you might be in uh you know all everybody at the paintball field but how everybody got there was different how everybody um during their paintball lifespan got there differently and mm-hmm. even though you might have come up in the same generation or this or that um everybody's journey is the same it's it's amazing that's another thing i think about this podcast is that you know hearing all these stories is like yeah it might have been a billion people did it as a birthday thing um but the journey right after that then tends to split you know and then and then that's when you figure out okay well they you know you did this for a little bit you did this for a little bit okay and then you went pro or some people were like oh i went pro right away or i went through the division for five six years and then eventually you know came through and it's just it's it's super intriguing um to hear everybody's story yeah yeah definitely so, oh i'm sorry i was um I was going to say, so what is your, speaking of stories, um, <laughs> and I need to catch myself. I don't, I don't want to cut you off because I know that uh, um, I tend to do that sometimes. So I apologize ahead of time. No, no, you're good. But um, I mean, what is your story, man? Because there, so the reason I'm so interested is because I think you're, you are a very low key. Um, you play like someone with a ton of experience, um, meaning. And this is just me observing, you know, some of the the most recent stuff and then also playing with you for that small amount of time, which I will out loud say that I wish we would have found you um, a lot sooner because I feel like you fill this void of confident, young, on the smaller uh, physique side, but nimble and just and smart, and and you can you can make things happen uh, in a very demanding way on the field. And it's just 
we needed something like that. With the talent that we had, it was good. But when you came in, I was like, fuck. Because I knew that I was kind of sort of on my way out. And you were coming in. I, I would have loved to have played alongside of you longer. And really kind of gotten to team up with you um, on the field. You know what I mean? Okay. That's a lot of times. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's great. Um, yeah, it's weird to hear someone uh, describe how they view my play, and I think it's pretty accurate to what I would I would think. Um, but where I don't even know where to begin. Um, <laughs> just want to start at the beginning. Or? Yeah, man, you can start. Um, you can start there, and then we can just gradually get to how you got to aftershock, and then you know now on AC Diesel, so we can just start. I guess where anybody would in the. So how did you uh, how did you come into this world? Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't need to start there, but uh, yeah. No, uh, like everyone, you know, you learn through a family member or something. I kind of got into it that way, and uh, then kind of took it on my own to get involved into the tournament scene. I had magazines and watched videos all the time, mm-hmm. um, and just put myself out there and got lucky to play on some young guns team. Uh, grew up playing against people like Ryan Rodarte and. Uh, um, Ronnie, Nick Pez. Um, so were you so in the people. Chicago area? Is kind of where you? Yeah, yeah. I lived in Joliet, and then so I was at Badlands all the time. Take aim at the time, indoor mm-hmm. place. I don't know if many of you remember that place. Uh, Chicago Land Paintball. Where else did we play? Oh, Stinger was around for a little while. That's the That's Wisconsin really nice. field, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, Cody Mikowski played at the time too when I was playing. This was like probably. 2006, 2009, that era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just jumped around playing on teams that I could. I just wanted to play. So wherever anyone needed a spot uh, and I could fill in, I'd go. So if you look, if you look at my APPA, it's all over the place. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so what what attracted you in the very beginning? Like how did you how did you discover the game? Um, and and what attracted you to it? And how did you kind of become, uh, you know? I guess essentially everybody becomes addicted at one point. Um, how did you get to that point? Um, I don't know. In high school, I just uh, I, I was really drawn to it for whatever reason. I don't know. I was doing paintball and skateboarding, and uh, it seemed like paintball was going faster for me, and I kept getting injured skateboarding. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of quit skateboarding and devoted my weekends to paintball. Uh, skipped out on a lot of social gatherings, <laughs> like you always hear. Yep. Um, but that's what I enjoyed doing. So I would stay with my friend Cody, Andre, all the time. Everyone thought we were brothers because we would always be at the field together, playing every weekend. Um, and that was it, just constantly paintball, 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 watching videos when I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Hastings playing that video game all the time. Um, yeah, I was just obsessed. So uh, that's just all I did. Played paintball, thought about paintball. Um, Serial Killers was big at that time, so I watched that video over and over and over again. What was your favorite um, part? Oliver Lang, of course. Oliver's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know who I thought had a sick part was um, Rocky. Rocky. He did yeah. have a good part, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was pretty fucking, it was a gnarly part for sure. Yeah, he, was, he came off really intense, which I've never met him, but he seems like he might be. Yeah, pa- very passionate, you know, very yeah. passionate play. Old Seven Man's is fucking rad, man. Oh, I know. I, I missed my, my chance. I got to play one event, but 
I really wanted to play that. What event um, did you play? Kansas City, 2007, I think, mm. where they had the indoor uh, like arena. That was so weird. With the jumbotron. <laughs> it was. It was cool. It was because you like you would split your games, right? Like you had a few in there, or did you, were you able to play in there? Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I didn't see anything because I had a smoke lens and it was dark. So. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was like playing at like an old school indoor. It was just, it was yeah. super, it was super weird. Like it, it, it felt comfortable to a point because like I played indoor a lot. So I think we kind of, you know, being from the Midwest, obviously you too. Um, so it wasn't completely out of the ordinary, but it was weird going outside and playing in this weather and then going inside and then having to kind of, you know, adapt to you're playing out here on dirt, but then you go in and you're playing on turf. And I don't think it was quite as bad as like carpet turf. Um, but you can't like anything really short. You can't wear fucking cleats on. Otherwise you just, you burn them as you go out to the corner trying to stop yourself <laughs> running and shooting. But, but yeah, it was, it was a very interesting uh, event. It was weird. Uh, it was a whole new experience for me because it was my first NPPL event. So everything from registering to playing different fields every every time, uh, that was all a new experience. I was used to playing PSP, X-Ball. Um, but it was a blast. And I, I loved the no coaching part because, as I'm sure you know, I like to get sneaky out there and uh, coaching takes all the fun out of it. So. Mm. Dude, that was the worst. The worst is when you would make a decent move, and then you just hear, he's coming. Like, Yeah. <laughs> you, you hope. You know he's going to pop up, but you hope that he comes up somewhere else, and you can at least shoot him in the goggles. So if he does turn <laughs> to shoot you, because which he always they always do, you go to run somebody down, and no matter if you're like on this side or you're looking this way, the person comes up, either gets shot or doesn't, but no matter what happens, they always turn and – shoot you for the most part and but then they <laughs> yeah. just are like you're both out and you're like motherfucker exactly oh. yeah yeah and, and if there are no coach maybe they're looking the complete opposite way you go get two more yeah <laughs> that's gone complete now. game-changing moves turned into just this ordinary thing that happened every single time and you knew the outcome right which is uh, fucking boring <laughs> yeah i was so happy when they got rid of that yeah i wonder what the um what the meeting was like on the so even thinking about it like because i know a lot of people who had parents and family members and everything who went to uh the tournaments and i know my my mom too she talked about it excuse me um fucking tea dude <laughs> i don't drink i don't drink that much coffee anymore so i've been drinking a bunch of tea i got some melavio cbd honey in there it's tasty oh, nice um but I know a lot of people who went, who had family members and friends and stuff to go, they felt involved in the matches and they felt like they were helping and they were, they, they were helping determine the outcome of games just by like momentum changes. Cause you can feel and hear the crowd and this and that. And, and as it's playing out, people are you know yelling and shouting. Um, but I wonder what the initial meeting with the PSP when that first started happening, where we're like, I, you know, I really think we should, you know, introduce coaching again and, you know, just have people talk from the sidelines. I, I mean, I wonder how many people were like, what? Because they had to have, have a, a there was a vote I had would have to assume. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what drew you, um, 
I mean, are, were you saying that it kind of the overall atmosphere of Seven Man is what drew you um, closer to like liking that more than X Ball? Uh, I guess looking back, it's probably more the no coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter how many people are on the field to me as long as you can play paintball. Um, five ball is just a, or X Ball is a little more fast paced, um, which is great too because I like to be mm-hmm. aggressive. Um, but I can I, I like to play both games so. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, um, with some of the X ball fields too, it it makes it um, at least with a lot of bigger bunkers. I noticed there's like a lot of big laydown stuff on the field now, mm-hmm. and it makes it sometimes fairly easy to kind of creep down the Doritos or up the middle or something like that. But I would have to imagine the fucking bounce game is just ridiculous getting to certain spots just because there's so much stuff to shoot at. Um, yeah, the last few lays that I've played, uh, there haven't been a lot of that going yeah. on which is is nice but uh but there has been a lot of what you're talking about where they the corners of the doritos overlap and you can yes kind of just crawl around in there without being detected mm-hmm. um, you're more of a dorito fun. guy than you are anything right i would not say that no 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 uh for me if i could pick any spot it's generally the center but uh I like to play any of it. Anywhere that I can shoot people is where I want to be. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you started, uh, when you started coming up and then and started becoming, um, more and more relevant, um, in your, uh, in your area and you started becoming, uh, you know, started taking it more and more serious. Where did you start out on the field? Was it, was it the snake side or was it, did you start up the center? Yeah. Oh, all of that was all snake side. I never got to play anywhere. If I was lucky, I got to play a couple of points on the Dorito side. But uh, because of my size, everyone just threw me in the snake. There's no question. So yeah. <laughs> I got really good at that. Um, and I just took it on my own to like the center um, because it coordinates with my the way I like to play. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be on my feet and sneaky. But in the center, you can block a lot of stuff out and, and do both sides of the field. Yeah, I think the I think the snake is very specific on how you have to play it uh, for the most part. But man, just there's something about being on your feet that you feel so much more free. To me, I would I would rather be on my feet somewhere on the field than have like a ladder snake. Yeah. Where yeah, you're like oh you just go down or whatever. I would I would much rather have like be on my feet and have to work through my spots. Um, and getting into like tight spots that are hard to get to and shooting people out that, that that's what's that's what's fun to me yeah yeah like one of the one of my favorite layouts was vegas uh last year with aftermath mm-hmm. uh, i got to play the center quite a bit on that layout and uh, i really like that one you don't get to, you didn't get to see a lot of uh <laughs> the things i try to practice uh if you just watch ghost sports but that was a fun layout in the center um so why would you say Dallas. why would you say that though? Like, because did you not try it at the event, or was it did it not like start to work at the event? and You kind of just gave up on it. Um, there's just things that have to be the right opportunity or the right situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, some things are not something you can just force, but are very situational. Right. Yeah. No. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, who? Who for you was an inspiration, and who did you watch a lot uh, growing up as you were coming through? Hmm. I think as a whole, I just 
watched a lot of professional paintball in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Dynasty, Excessive, um, really liked Avalanche and Infamous at the time just because they were the underdogs, a little more gritty in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, Joy Division. Any die team, for whatever reason, I was always drawn to the die, die teams. <laughs> yeah. And and Chicago Aftershock, they were die, and I was local, so always looked up to them. Um, yeah, I just, I was always wanted to just put myself out there. I always wanted to play the best and be around the best. Um, what yeah. were you shooting at the time? Uh, I was poor, so whatever I get my hands on. <laughs> uh, for the longest time, I had a DM4 that was just completely shaved down with a UL frame use that for a long time and then came into a, a dm7 and then i traded that for an 08 ego and i shot that until i was done pretty much um that was the best shooting gun ever though <laughs> love that gun man the 07 the 07 i would say shot better than the 08 okay. um but again that's just personal opinion when the, mm-hmm. when the 07s came out when i was on avalanche I was like, these are fucking game changers, dude. I don't know <laughs> what it was. Yeah. yeah. But, and then, that's when they had, what, the SL, the 08 was the SL 74? That could be. I don't know. I'm really, really bad with that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, dude, the ego is insane. And I'm surprised you kind of went that route just from, um, from shooting closed bolt systems and then mm-hmm. going to a, uh, you know, open like that. I mean, what what kind of drew you to that, or were you kind of forced to? Uh, no, I wasn't forced to. Uh, all my guns were by choice. The DM7 that I had, just again, it shot amazing, so I had no reason to get rid of it. And then uh, they wanted to trade me for the 08 Ego, so I did, and ended up really liking that gun. Um, yeah, so just convenience. That's yeah. really all it was. Yeah. Do you? Um... Do you think that those things have like a drop, uh, a drop on them, like a lot of people say? Uh, what do you mean, the the ego? The ego the... itself. There, there's a lot of people that say that there's a drop off whenever you shoot, but I call it gravity. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, you know, because you've shot both ends, I mean, what what do you think? Well, I will say when I joined AfterShock, I was lent the an ego. I don't know which one it was but the that system and it did i did notice i had to adjust my shot when i used that but once i found it i i really enjoyed it um i think just the close bolt has a little bit of a a flatter shot so it's a little more uh i don't know easier to dial in i guess right off the bat Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I don't know. I like with me when I because I shot an ego and then I sh- eventually shot the the LV series and everything. I noticed for me, like I noticed the 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 shot was um the shot was on and it was easy for me to to get onto those. But for more than anything, I felt like it just had, it had it felt effortless when when yeah. you would just shoot the ball and it felt it was such a soft a soft soft a soft <laughs> shooting gun. Um, that it just I it I got really comfortable right away with them, and it just if you're comfortable with a gun, man, and and you have something that you're very confident in, which I which I was with those, it's it's amazing how quickly you can uh, you can adapt and just be you know how confident you are in your shot. Oh, 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I drill, 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 drill. <laughs> the um, the ego, I, I think, has more of a, a log shot, mm-hmm. I think is how I would describe it. But then when I went to Boom and had to shoot the Die M3+, Plus, that, I would say, had, has a drop shot. And I, I found that I could use it to my advantage to drop it over bricks and those wedges uh, for some good blind shots that I, I couldn't necessarily do before because I'm so short. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. <laughs> Um, but then I went to the Lux and it's, it's got a much flatter shot. Um, and then same with the shocker. It's very, very similar to the Lux in my opinion. That's what you're shooting now, right? It's a shocker. Yeah. The amp yeah. shoots great too. I like it. Yeah. Those are, those are interesting because one of my, one of my favorite guns is just the, the SFT, just a yeah. plain stock SFT. <laughs> um, and it, it's crazy cause it's like they almost, they almost made just the, perfect paintball the, the most perfect and simplistic paintball marker that you can put out there that that's all you need and it's crazy how much everything has kind of evolved off of that but in, at the end of the day like that's they tried to shave off as much as they can they made it a tube with a couple mm-hmm. other tubes that you hang on to and really that's that's all you need yeah yeah i remember i always wanted one of those um could never get my hands on one and then uh, anyone I knew that had one, I never shot right, so kind of just gave up on that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird too because you know going through and thinking about coming up, um, and just how many markers that I've 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 shot and I've seen and I've seen my friends and my my uh, teammates and everything play with, and you wonder how differently things could have went because let's say somebody gives you a marker that you wouldn't really have thought like or maybe that you even had a bad experience with previously. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, just for shits and giggles, you fucking, you know, you'll shoot a guy's uh, marker or whatever. And they take care of their stuff. And you're like, oh my God, I think it, this fucking thing shoots amazing. And I think there's so many stories like that where some people get their hands on ones where guys just don't give a shit. And they're like, oh, I clean it when it, you know, rains. And <laughs> you're like, this. no wonder nobody likes shooting this especially like especially is there has there ever been somebody on your team to where like if your gun goes down or something you really hope that they're not the the closest one to you because you're like dude i don't know if that thing's gonna shoot or not or if it's even if the trigger is gonna like even be able to be pulled back because all the dirt and nastiness um no i'm pretty sure uh i feel that way about everyone i prefer to just have my own gun (laughs) (laughs) You never know what, what your teammates are doing with their guns. For example, at practice this weekend, uh, I, I was helping Jeremy Zimmerman out with something and ended up having to take his bolt out. And uh, it looked like he played in mud. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. So I did him a favor, cleaned it, and moved it, gave it back to him. But uh, Did he say yeah. anything to you after that? Like, dude, this thing's shooting better for some reason. <laughs> no, no, but I, I told him. I told him that I, how bad it was. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's in, it's insane. Like I used to, um, when, when I was playing in, in, uh, regularly competing, dude, every practice I would, I would tear I would wait until the weekend was over, but then I would just, I'd tear it down, open it up. I'd clean thoroughly the outside and then just do a quick, um, relube of everything on the inside. But I talked about this on another podcast, but I, what I would do though, is when I first, uh, when I first got the marker, like usually everybody gets, you know, the brand new one at the beginning of the season or whatever. Um, that break in period where it won't be until like 
close to the event that I'll like check the O-rings or not check the O-rings, but um, like relube the O-rings and everything. Or sometimes I might not even until the first event because I, I usually for me at least, I think that's like the break-in period is a good like a few months of just mm-hmm. shooting it without like doing anything to it, letting the, the O-rings wear in and you finally get, you, you really dial into like where your hotspot is. Um, meaning... I hope this is probably so fucking boring to some people, but to me, like I think about it all the time. Like for me, I like to stay around like two ninety five. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I chrono or anything, and um, and I've said this before too. It's like anytime I see somebody and they're shooting like two eighty nine, two eighty seven, two eighty. I'm like, what do you do? Dude, that's like, a, just crank it up. Just a, just give me a little bit because that little <laughs> bit is such an advantage and um because you know you have that expansion of like when the day heats up and everything but that usually gets me to like around 300 299 and i'm a happy camper at that point because you know now you're shooting that much straighter and and, and farther. yeah i i used to always be around 270 280 before uh i don't know before 2017 probably mm-hmm. i always did really uh, 270280 just more out of laziness than anything but then and because i wasn't competing you know for and in pro division but it uh so i didn't care as much but then once i've started doing it at 295 or as close to 300 as possible and i you can see that there's a huge difference huge Massive. huge <laughs> yeah yeah i i never thought that i was like ah it doesn't matter you know but it, it does matter it does matter yeah. Huge difference. Well, especially for guys like yourself um, and myself who play f- front, the the closer we are, the straighter and quicker that marker shoots, the better. Um, I mean, for those quick, because we're I mean we're the ones that are taking the quick snapshots and the quick quick this or quick that. And mm-hmm. dude, if you're shooting like 280 or 285 or something like that, you could be off by a fucking hair and and miss that guy and. I've done it and I've said it out loud. You hear me on the field. Like I miss the fucking shot. I go fuck. Fucking, <laughs> I, I, cause it's so frustrating. Cause you, cause you know, the paint shoots so good and you know, everything's on just doing something like that for me was like, it didn't get in my head, but at that moment it frustrated the shit out of me because I knew exactly what was happening, what was going on. I just literally dropped the ball on fucking making the shot. And you know how cl- small those windows are. Oh, very small. Yeah. Oh, you cannot miss. <laughs> you can't miss. And that's why I was so like determined. And that's why like um I don't know if you remember, but whenever we were always like waiting for players at the field or like before or um in between points and everything when when I've already kind of went over with my side of like what we were doing or what happened or whatever and there would be like that little few minutes that we would waste, not waste, but be waiting, I mean. Um, I would just play these fucking target games. I would, I would play paint and just with the guy next to me or, or I don't remember if I did with you, but we would just like take left-handed, right-handed, like just shots at trying to hit shit. And, uh, it's just like, that's what I enjoyed doing as far as like shooting my marker. To me, that was shooting my marker and, and having fun. Um, Mm -hmm. and I would I would have to assume that that's kind of how it is for you with how you play, just how much accuracy matters to you. Yeah, uh, and, and that's why I drill so much. 
and I just keep going. And I think um, for me, the way I look at drills is like I want it to be as realistic as possible. So I'll do the drill continuously until I'm fatigued and just keep going past that um, because that's you're not really getting any value out of it, in mm-hmm. my opinion, until you're doing the drill fatigued. Um, so the more you can keep moving and continue doing the drills back to back to back, the better. And then once you get those shots accurate, then that's when you're you're really starting to build your muscle memory. And when you get into a high stress situation, you're going to be able to make that shot. Um, so that's what I focus on um, in any drill that I do. What's uh, what's your favorite drill? My favorite drill, if I have a partner, <laughs> is uh, bloody knuckles. Now, for the ones who don't know that, what? Uh, how do you guys do that? How do you run it? Uh, so one person will post, and uh, one person snaps. The person who's snapping has to shoot the other guy three times before the drill ends. The guy who's posting can shoot the snapper as many times as it takes. Nice. That sounds intense. Um, I hate getting shot in the knuckles. That sucks. <laughs> Especially in between, like when it gets down in between the fingers and you got mm-hmm. those little cuts. Fuck, yeah. that, that sucks. Um, but I do enjoy somebody who I'm playing against when I fucking give them a nice knuckler, a nice little <laughs> fucking wedding ring right on top of their knuckle. Um, I'm always, I'm always aiming for the goggles, but yeah, that's, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. for I'll hit whatever you give me, but like if it's, if it's close, um, yeah, the harder, the better. Um, for sure. If, uh, in, in that drill, especially it, I look, you know, I like to pick out one, one spot to shoot if you can. And, uh, hitting him in the goggles is, is, uh, it gets you mentally because you start to be able to not see you wipe it off. It's smeared and you got to fight through that until the drill is over. Um, yeah. so I just try and cover their face with paint as much as possible when I do that drill. <laughs> now, do you, do you have a lot of people lining up to do this drill with you? In an ideal world, yeah, but, <laughs> <Right>. but no. <laughs> so what do you do? What What's a good um, singular drill that you do when you're, uh, when you're, let's say you're just at the field before anybody and you, uh, you're you by yourself? Um, I'll still do snap drills. Um, you know, snap snap and wrap. So you'll snap, get a, get a, hit a target, wrap, hit a target. I like that one a lot good to get your fast twitch fibers moving um and any running and shooting always running and shooting if you can so have a pole try and shoot it um i primarily all my drills are one ball so all my running and shooting drills i do the same way i try and shoot tiniest pole i can find (laughs) as many times as possible yeah it's um that sounds fun when you have really good paint that you're shooting uh, at least straight straight shooting paint yeah, uh, the majority of those drills that I've done, I don't have straight paint, but <laughs> you, you fight through it. You right, through yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, I know how that is. Yeah. Um, there was one drill that I enjoyed particularly was, um, it's a two-man drill, running and shooting drill. Um, so I would do this just in open area, in open ground, maybe get like 30, 30, 40 yards away from each other, probably more like 30. Cause I think that's more of like a realistic distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start in like opposite corners. So you're just going to go laterally and, uh, you start on the opposite side 
And what you do is to start the drill, uh, you're just going to run in the opposite direction of that person. and But you're going to run and shoot, and you're just going to shoot like, you know, right when your gun hits ramping, pretty much, you stop. So the first three or five balls, whatever it is, or those are all semi. And then as soon as you notice your gun ramping, like you stop. And that's normally your distance. It's like 12 yards or so, or maybe 15 yards. Um, but it's in that little time of when I feel that you have going between bunkers. Like it's good going between bunkers and running and shooting drill. But what mm-hmm. happens is how you start. And, and I've, try, I've tried to think of this too. Um, you know, if somebody always has to start the game if there's nobody else or the starting the drill or whatever. And if you're going to do a running and ju- uh, shooting drill, the person who's always starting it usually has the the upper hand for, for the most part, unless they delay themselves. Um, and I thought about it and I was like, why don't we do this? Why don't we do quick draw? Like one of us, one of us will start with our marker down already and the other person will, you know, because you unless you can kind of set up the same uh, at the same time, but it's just going to be the first person who draws. That's when the drill starts. So it's, <laughs> it's, there's no go. It's kind of, you're just kind of looking at each other and waiting. And then as soon as you see the barrel move, like you just, you start going too. And um, that's it, a new it, one to me. I haven't heard that. Yeah. It, Sounds it was, fun though. Oh dude, it was awesome. I only got to run it a few times this past week or not this past weekend, but the weekend before, and I started doing it. I'm like, dude, this is this is fun because it's like you're <laughs> you're kind of like waiting to see the other guy if you're gonna start or they're gonna start because you're not you're not waiting for them. You can either go or you can wait for them or it's like kind of that fast switch uh, stuff too, where it's right. kind of um I think it also brings out uh, instinct in in that point where it's like mm-hmm. your body tells you to go because something's happening instead of you just kind of going through the motions. You're kind of there's almost a suspense to it, so it makes it you know a little more interesting on top of that. Yeah, I wish I would have fucking thought of that like twelve years ago. That would have been great. <laughs> um, oy. um, but going back to your career, um, where uh, and and what team did you start playing competitively on? And then how soon was it? Excuse me, how soon was it until you started playing on national events and then kind of moving up the ranks from there? Um, I think my first. Young Guns tournament was in 2005. Um, I mean, right away, I pretty much just started playing tournaments. Really? Um, yeah, no practice. And I didn't really play open play. I just went right in there um, because I met a, I met someone at a paintball store, and they needed someone for their team. And invited me out, and apparently I impressed them enough to join. So uh, that's how I got started. But then in 2006 was my first national event. I played uh, PSP SoCal in Division Two with Thunderstruck. Jesus Christ, dude! You went from fucking zero to sixty in like, <laughs> like it's go time now. I mean, was it that natural for you? Um, I guess I didn't really think about it at the time. Uh, I just played the spots that I was expected to play, and I enjoyed shooting people. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just. At the time, my play style was get to the snake, get to the end, shoot everyone in the back. And that was it. Um, yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and then uh, from there, I I mean, we got demolished in, in, at that event. Uh, but that was 2006, Division Two was stacked. And then we played like ECE. I don't know if anyone remember these teams, but Voltage was in that division at the time with like Drew Templeton, Associates, um, Davey Simmons, all those people. Avalanche, uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, eventual avalanche. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. Um, yeah, and then from then on, I basically just jumped onto any team that uh, had room for me. Uh, a lot of a lot of throw-togethers, playing with a lot of my friends, um, and just having fun. Uh, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, so I just did whatever I could. <laughs> yeah. Was there uh, – what was the first legit team that you got on when you, got, you started winning? It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been this. So you've been this guy who have just getting noticed over the years, and um, have just found your way on these on these teams and these pro teams just by skill level alone. Um, and uh, wow, so that's that's impressive. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, when I was. Towards, let's see, probably 2008 was when I started to get a, more serious. I was really trying to progress and um, playing at Chicagoland Paintball. Chicago Legend was the pro like uh, NPPL team there. So I was playing on a sister team for them and uh, playing a lot with Danny Benitez, uh, RP. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know you knew uh, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Played with him a lot at Chicagoland and. Uh, that's leading up. I was, it was getting to the point where I had a chance to play for Legend, and then they disbanded or lost funding. I don't know the whole story, uh, and that left me kind of with nothing, nowhere to go and no idea what to do. So then I decided to just uh, start working, and then work took over life, and life took over life, and I stopped playing, and then uh, started to kind of get settled into life and got back into paintball, got the itch again. I, I went out with Ronnie and uh, Phil Shredder one day to uh, with CPX and Joliet just for a fun day of rec ball. Got the itch again, of course. So at the time, Phil was playing with Outlaws Semi-Pro, and they, they had divisional teams, so he told me to come out for a tryout. Um, so <laughs> playing rec ball with them was my first day back after i don't know seven or eight years the next weekend i went to that tryout and made the team and then then, uh i played world cup with them uh that year in division two with john prezawa um those guys um and then in that off season uh, i was planning to play with outlaws uh the next season but then uh, my girlfriend and i decided to try and have a baby and we were successful, so then that took over. Uh, flash forward a few years, felt like I could play again. So uh, I just was just going to play regional stuff, and even that was was proving to be difficult with work, family. That is a hard thing to juggle. Mm. Um, and for me, it's hard to not take something seriously that I get into when I commit to something. I, it gets a lot of my attention. So. Um, paintball. I wasn't. I, I didn't have that proper balance yet um, of work-life balance. Um, so we were struggling to make that work, and I was gonna call that my last year. So I was gonna just try and play at the highest level I could. And knowing, I was. Oh, I was playing regionally with Chi Town Fury. Um, they're playing like I don't know D3, D4 events here, um, but. Since I already knew Jeremy and I'd played for the Outlaws, I reached out to him and 
uh, thankfully, he gave. I found got got a spot on his team for semi pro, um, and that was a lot of fun. It was really eye opening for me because I had, at that time I still hadn't played anything higher than Division two, and that <laughs> was a long time ago. Um, so I got to learn pretty quickly what it was like, and uh, I mean it's gonna sound bad maybe to some people, but it didn't impress me as much as I thought it would. Um, which was nice for myself, you know, to be like, okay, I'm, maybe I'm a little better than I thought. Mm. Um, it's but always a good reassurance. <laughs> reassurance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then that was Chicago 2018. And then thanks to Ryan Rodarte, uh, I played 10 man with him and Bruno and all the shot guys. And for whatever reason, Bruno thought he saw something and that's how I got on Aftershock. And that's what started this whole series of events for me so <laughs> dude it's so that story is so insane because you were like just i mean obviously you tried out for teams but you were just like, kind of like just walking on fucking murking people and then being asked to play for teams and uh that's to me that's so badass is to have such natural i don't want to say natural talent because obviously you worked your ass off doing drills and just enjoying it enough to want to be better every single time you got in the field. I don't want to speak for you, but I can only assume um, just by how you play. But uh, but it's insane because you you hear so much of people coming through the doing the grind and doing the grind and having and gaining experience by being on teams that that you're on for a few years. Uh, or multiple years and you grind with that team and you grind it out and you have shitty years you have good years and this and that and you seem to have just kind of floated along and whether or not the because i don't know the results of any of the teams that you really played on besides you know aftershock for the you know the small amount of time <laughs> you did um but it was it just never seemed to kind of phase you it's almost like you were gaining gaining experience just by being around those players and playing at that level like that was your experience not necessarily being on a successful team or not but it was just like your your self awareness and your um acknowledgement of where you are and just your style of play and acknowledging that and i think that you were almost your own experience if that means anything or absolutely makes sense. i i completely agree yeah i um um i was just focused on learning the game as fast as possible, trying to catch up to speed with how paintball is played in this division. Without and cutting it, corners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was obviously on a fast, fast track because um, I had to make this work for me and my family. Um, and it's still a constant struggle. We're always trying to find that right balance. Um, but uh, I knew that time, I don't have all the time in the world. You know, I want, mm -hmm. eventually, you know, I, I'm going to want to just be with my family and, and just play for fun. But uh, right now I want to enjoy this and be as competitive as I can right now. So um, I just, I'm just a student of the game. <laughs> Every situation I get into, I study it. Um, I set really high expectations for myself. And uh, I just do the things that I think are the right thing in order to accomplish those goals. Um yeah, and just putting yourself around the right people, um, listening to the right people, and being a sponge above all, uh, being humble. A lot of people don't want to take any critique from anyone, uh, and I just 
I don't agree with that mentality. I think you're really missing out. You're uh, hindering yourself from growth <laughs> mm-hmm. if you you don't take feedback from anyone. Yeah, dude, I agree. Especially at the pro level, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of guys, or at least just playing at the pro level for so long. Um, and I was, you know, a a victim of this too, a self aware victim of thinking at times that you don't need help or you don't need criticism even if it's mm-hmm. positive or negative doesn't you just don't you you know I'm fucking I'm me you know but and it, and I went through that shitty part of my career and I'm so glad I was able to kind of turn that corner um because I feel like it's so it's so toxic when something like that happens and you have guys come up and you try and give them you you try and and you're not critiquing their game you're just trying to expose a flaw that they might not see as a flaw because nobody everybody's too afraid to like point out i I wonder see i wonder if a lot of like star players end up having that to where like yes you have those players who are just so fucking good but they're also hard to critique or talk to because they are at that level so if you i mean if you go up to him like, Hey man, your, your elbow was coming out and you get a shitty reaction. You're kind of like, Oh, well, that fucking sucks. I'm just trying to help you. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. but I feel like if you can, if you can get on a team where a bunch of the guys are able to openly criticize themselves just for the simple fact of trying to help and, and strengthen and grow the team. My God, dude, <laughs> that would be, that would be, you know, a perfect world. Exactly. Yeah. If you, that's all you need. You just need to be willing to learn. And it's my belief anyone can be good at anything if you just put your mind to it, put in the work. Um, yeah, nothing happens overnight. And you don't you don't have to be naturally talented at something in order to be good at it. As long as you work at it and are honest with yourself, you can definitely achieve anything you want. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Zach Hill. Um, it's, well, it's amazing how simple that is, but how how true it rings you know what i mean it's uh you know because there's a lot of debate on like talent when somebody says oh you're, he's talented well i mean he might have he might just be overly passionate for it and he likes to work hard and, and mm-hmm. achieve things it doesn't mean he's talented i mean i just think somebody talented is just somebody who's really hard working and is putting themselves into the opportunities and the situations to further them their character and further their experience in life right yeah i just uh like with aftershock and boom it, i was just happy to be on the field to, to playing professional paintball first of all that was you know childhood dream accomplished so that's happy happy made me happy enough uh and at that point i was like let's see you know how good i can be at this um and i figured if i was good enough somebody would notice me if not it wasn't meant to be i tried and i won't live with that what if (laughs) yeah yeah you you seem to live your life i mean i'm going out on a limb here i'm not trying to tell you how you live your life (laughs) but the way the way i perceive from my point of view is that you live at this very balanced excitement for life life reality um and just a a joy and appreciation for what life is and and the things that are in life um 
you you don't seem to get overly upset about something uh meaning just like we were talking about how people get upset if they try and you know they get criticism from somebody or a teammate or whatever like that you always to me from my experience with you you've always taken it as a, a, a learning experience and um I think that's also one of the reasons why, you know, your name is being said so much out there. Um, when you were, how long were you on Aftershock for? I can't even remember. It was only like a tail end of a season, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I practiced with you for the layout weekends and played the event. That was it. That's right. That was something fucking, <laughs> uh, like 12 hours. Um, yeah. It was... And I didn't even get to play the whole event because I injured my shoulder or whatever oh that was. God, that's right. I forgot all about that. That sucked. Because I did, did. I did want you to play, man. I was like, I was stoked. And then, yeah, you're fucking, dude. Yeah, how, how frustrating was that for you? Extremely frustrating. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially because at the time I was under the belief that that was going to be my last chance to play pro. Um, thankfully, you know, have awesome girlfriend to work it out with me to give me another shot. Uh, and was able to get a spot on Boom and play a whole season, which was an amazing experience just in itself. So mm. happy to keep it going, though. So what uh, what happened after Boom? What was uh, what was the opportunity that presented itself? Um, well, with Boom ending, that was again I was supposed to not play again after that year, but <laughs> 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 but. Um, you know, I had to work some magic, and uh, uh, at first uh, it was looking like I was going to actually play for Energy Elite with uh, the rest of the Boom guys, but uh, I just couldn't make that work um, with family and everything. And then uh, Johnny Anucci reached out and seemed really motivated to pick me up, so we were able to make it work for both of us, and then uh, played Vegas with them, played a little bit in the in the middle of the COVID season, we did those invitationals. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, you know what happened from there? I think <laughs> going to AC Dallas. <laughs> so how? I mean, how did that? How did that happen? I mean, were you approached by Pauly, or what was the? No, it was super random. Uh, I just went to do drills with Ronnie, like I always do. Ronnie mm. and uh, Jackson Frey from Blast Camp. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the situation was, but yeah, yeah, it was around uh, for something Ronnie and, and the, he did before that. Uh, so he was doing drills with us mm. and uh, he was just joking around with me how I hadn't won a tournament. And I was like, I made a joke. I was just trying to make Sunday still, mm. but uh, he's like, oh, well, we got to hurry. Or, we Which was the truth. It wasn't even a joke. It was, it was a fun <laughs> no, <truth. yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We got so close, but it's, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but what felt like jokingly, he was, you know, like, oh, we need to get you on a team to get you that Sunday at least. And uh, he asked what I thought about playing with AC Dallas. And I kind of blew it off. I was like, I mean, yeah, it would be good, but I don't, that doesn't seem like a feasible thing. Mm. Uh, he mentioned talking to Polly about it again. I was just like, oh, that's cool. But kind of, I just took it with a grain of salt, right. <laughs> went on with my day. But later that day, he uh, told me they talked to Greg. Uh, exchanged numbers, started talking to Greg, and then the rest is history. Well, they invited me out for a tryout. Yeah. Um, and then they picked me up that weekend. So. Now, this was, this was yeah, during the whole COVID thing, and no, but nothing was really happening. And, uh, 
did you just see this as uh, an opportunity to kind of grow as a player? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this was a really tough situation for me because World Cup was coming up. It was like the we second like event four, of the year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and we were like four or five weeks away. So you know, mm-hmm. everything is kind of getting ready for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I knew the situation with aftermath behind the scenes, like um, things that needed to happen before the season was up uh, or there were going to be big changes as mm-hmm. we've seen happen already. Um, so for me, it, it was kind of a no brainer, but it was still difficult to right. leave all my friends behind and, and switch teams at the very last event of the year. Um, that was hard, but for me, it seemed like the right decision uh, giving me a, a solid place to go. I mean, it's AC Dallas. I think anyone would think I was stupid not to take that uh, opportunity at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I even going into the tryout, I wasn't uh, 100% sold on taking the spot if I was given it because I didn't know any of the guys. So yeah. I didn't know how, how I'd get along with them. But after that weekend, it was, it was easy. I, I enjoyed playing with all those guys very confident players obviously as the results have shown but um it was just easy for me to jump in with that team and and it was like we played together for a long time i felt it was really easy yeah you know and when i heard you you left over there i can completely relate as far as the decision making because there's there's been points and times in my career when it was like i made the the decision that i thought was um it was that I thought was selfish, but it was more of a, a, gr- a growth selfish of like, okay, this is what I, this is what I feel. Um, it was like a, a good example is when excessive broke up and you know, there was uh Pauly had called me up to play for avalanche and I was like, Oh man, you know, I, I enjoyed my time so much on, on excessive. Uh, but that was when like the abyss stuff hard started happening and everybody like Baines left and Rusty left and Richardson and all, all these people fucking left the team and I was like just stuck in the spot too. And I had made enough of an impression at that point at the pro level to where he also offered like compensation for my time, um, along with paying with everything. And then that's when I really felt, I was like, okay, I, this it's this is really starting to get serious and I really need to focus on playing and this could be an opportunity to where I'm going to a group of guys who are all younger um, closer to my age uh, from the Midwest it wouldn't be I wouldn't be flying out to California for practice like there's a there's a lot that fell into it that was more than just the decision itself you know what mm-hmm. I mean which which I think a lot of which a lot of the end result is what people see is just oh that guy went from a to B what an asshole or this or that or this or that. I was like no there's there was a lot of decision making from that a there was a one two three four five you know until you got to B there was all those decisions I had to make and, and all of those scenarios that I had to run through my head um, that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration when a decision is made like that and it's it's not that it's anything against where you you are possibly leaving from it's it's more of a um, hoping to have an opportunity to be able to better yourself uh, is how I've always kind of like 
took on a, a you know another opportunity. And when I heard that you left and talked to multiple people, I was like, I think that I know Zach, and I I highly doubt there was any kind of harsh like exit or anything like that. I think it was very very broad minded decision and like a positive one on top of that. Um, I mean, at least that's what I thought when I when I heard it initially. Yeah, I didn't. I definitely didn't take the decision lightly. Um, but I tried to. You know, obviously, there's a lot of variables that go into it. So I tried to just make it as simple as possible. And at the end of the day, this was the opportunity that I continue to play for. So it would be silly of me not to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just made it really simple for myself, and I was like, "Yeah, that's this is why I'm here." This is the opportunity I've been waiting on, so I'm going to go with it and see what happens. So it's worked out the best so far. Yeah, I mean, 100%, and I think you've only have uh, your skill set has only uh, leveled up from there. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there hasn't been a guy. Not to say that you're any less, uh, your skill set isn't any less, but I, I don't think. If, if a guy goes through there and doesn't get better, there's something wrong with that person. Because mm-hmm. Greg Pauley, the Jackson brothers, uh, just the, the, all the players on that team demand greatness out of um, out of everybody. And, it, and it's not a, it's it's just a simple that like you're there to do a job and you're there to do it well. And you're there also because they all believe in you. And, um, you know, I that's at least how I take it. I mean, I, it, the. It's like you said, it's the tail of the tape, right? A team is placed how many times on Sunday or, or have, has been to Sunday, late Sunday. Um, and, yeah, I just – I completely understand why you were able to take an opportunity like that. Yeah, it was um, – well, for me, I did obviously learn things going there. But more than anything, it it helped instill confidence in myself because at the time um, – I was starting to question myself a lot uh, and what I what I thought I maybe knew um, just because of things that were going on with uh, Aftermath and the way the results we were not getting and mm-hmm. um, I just had a lot of a lot of doubts and for the first time I was starting to have self-doubt so uh, the timing with AC Dallas was perfect for me uh, because it allowed me to go out there and see if I was have been fooling myself the whole time. But uh, they, it, I think they told me Sunday Sunday morning that they wanted to pick me up. So just me playing on Saturday, which I thought I had a, a mediocre day at best, uh, they wanted to pick me up. So it turned my thought process around a lot. Uh, and then practicing with them leading up to World Cup, uh, my confidence just kept, you know, building and building. Um, because I was seeing them make decisions uh, that I would have made myself, even if they weren't there. If I was still in aftermath, there are things that I would have thought over, thought were the right moves in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allowed me to be on the field and trust my first instinct, um, and go. And that's how I've always played: is just playing off my instincts. So I kind of lost touch with that, and then. Coming into AC Dallas, getting my confidence back, I started to trust my instinct again, and I started to see good things happening on my in the on the field again. Um, so I'm just I feel like I'm just getting started again. <laughs> was um, 
Did you know after that weekend that you were going to be starting? No, I had no idea. I, I, I knew that there were only six of us, six or seven, I can't remember. Yeah, I think six. Um, but I didn't know who would start. And I didn't know anything about Logan or uh, any of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just went in hoping to play my part. <laughs> didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, and then I ended up only not playing one point. Yeah, that says that says volumes uh, to me. Playing on a team like that, I mean, granted there was only six of you, but that just means the better of uh, you know the 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 more confidence on the field, the better, and uh, I think it goes a long way. Um, how did you? I forget. How did you guys do at World Cup? I mean, you you got the late Sunday, right? No, I think we I think we're the wild card, and we lost that to. Ironman again. Oh, that's right. It was rough. <laughs> that's right. That wasn't. Was that? Um, no, that wasn't an overtime one, was it? Uh, I think it did go to overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Sunday one. Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of pain. I have, you know, not the. Oh one. yeah, it did because I got shot off the break. Yes, I remember. Yep, I do. And you didn't really get shot off the break that much that event. No, um, but I did in that match. Uh, that match, yeah. When they we go up two zero, and then they score four points, and I think I got shot off the break every point they won that in that run, if I remember correctly. Do you know who's shooting you? Probably Nick. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> but but I got him a lot that event, so it's alright. Yeah. Oh man, that's it. That that's one thing. As also a front player, you have to kind of you know biting the bullet, um, getting shot off the break. Man, that can that can fuck some people up. Um, and it, that did early in my career. I thought with getting shot off the break because I wanted, I was so amped to just to just play paintball in general that when I got shot off the break, I was like, that was less paintball that I was going to be able to play. And I was, I got yeah. so mad. But now, like, you know, as you go through, you kind of just realize, well, that's fucking, you know, part of the game. Good shot. You know? Yeah, exactly. There's there's so many times when I'll get shot off the break, and before I walk off the field, I can see that our team's winning, and I'm like, okay, well, it's all right. <laughs> At least there's that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's definitely the worst feeling when you get a shot off the break. If I can just make it to my bunker, then all right, then we're in business. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, everybody walks on the field wanting to play the, the match, wanting to play the point, mm-hmm. and to be one of the first ones shot, you know, and not out of your bunker, but like off the fucking break. It's like I played two seconds of them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and usually you, you ran your ass off and just to get shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, the ones where you're going, you're not going to a 50 or like a 40, but you're going to like D2 or something mm-hmm. or even D1 sometimes uh, where it's kind of sketchy, but where you're like, you fucking think you're in like Flint and you're on the ground and you're just getting in there. And it's like you feel one like clip your back or something. You're yeah. Like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> uh, but it's cool. It's it's really cool to think about it. Um, and and seeing some of the footage that people put out there, like as you're running, um, you might be able to relate to this. But sometimes you can see the paint. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you can see a couple balls or whatever, but you're obviously oh, yeah. not seeing everything. But then when you're um, so you don't really think about it too much. But then when you see some of the lanes and shit that you're running through, you're like, how the 
fuck did I make that? Like you're seeing <laughs> balls just like the slow motion, like go right by your back or like right in front of you. And you're like, if I would have that, that's almost a picture perfect example of like you second guessing yourself or any, any kind of decision making other than like the confident, like you feel you have the gut feeling to go or whatever is a perfect example. Those scenes, perfect example of like, of why it works, why timing is good, why it, why timing matters, why confidence matters is because you can make moves through gaps, you know, the ball gaps, and yeah. um, being able to see it like that is just super fucking cool. Being fast is obviously great, and you can, you know, if you can beat that ball, all the better. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not that fast. Contrary to what a lot of people tell me, I'm not very fast. Uh, I just watch the paint and do my best to avoid it. Um, <laughs> That's a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's like you said, you see all these shots, uh, how close you are to this paint. It's going to be like that. So you just have to run through it confidently. If you get mm-hmm. hit, you get hit. But yeah, you may not. So <laughs> Yeah, I always thought of it as beating the barrel because the, the quicker the barrel, um, just like anybody off the break, like the quicker the draw you know, the more paint's going to come out. I mean, shooting 300, yeah, you have to assume you're everybody's shooting 300 feet per second. So it's like you can't outrun 300 feet per second, but you can outrun or outthink a barrel and get to mm-hmm. a spot quicker than somebody can turn their barrel, even though they only have to move it a fucking couple inches. But if you can fucking come up out of a corner of a Dorito at the top of the Dorito and fucking put two quick, accurate balls on somebody and then come out down low or vice versa and then just fucking go you're you're i love doing little shit like that like fucking oh, with absolutely. people oh it's amazing <laughs> dude. The, the game inside the game yeah there's so many little details people don't don't realize are there but no yeah. no not at all and and that are essential to how we play um oh yeah to sneaky front players uh it, you the little tricks that you tend to do which for some reason like for me thinking about it just now i'm like it's such to me a no-brainer move i'm like how has nobody like how do i trick you as i'm doing this it just it boggles my mind because it seems like so simple but it works every time it's just like the fucking looky loo and then the down and go it's like how does i used to i used to wonder the same thing and and then you find yourself not doing it because you're like ah it's so simple they they get it but it gets it gets people Mm -hmm. it gets them because uh if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, your natural reaction is to shoot for whatever you see. Exactly. So if someone pops up and out, you, you just automatically twitch and shoot for that. Um, and that split second brings that paint from the spot you need to move through. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I would much rather... And, and you... sometimes that's all you can get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to make the most of what you have. And um, you, know, you playing a little bit that you have with us, you probably noticed that I don't shoot a lot of paint. So it's like, I ha- I enjoy doing those small things where it's shoot a couple balls and then move, shoot a couple balls and then move, making somebody flinch. Um, just because the less, the less time I have to take shooting at a target that I'm having to stay on. Like that's my, not my worst nightmare, but it's just like having, being stuck in a corner and just having to shoot a bunch of paint and just kind of wheel and deal like is my worst nightmare. That sounds like zero <laughs> fun. Like if I have to do it, I will obviously if it comes down to that, but if I, I would never do that by choice because I feel like I'm not in, I'm not in the control that I want to be. And I feel like it, in the front, I feel like I can make the other team do certain things. Um, 
and and being able to play those games where it's like you shoot a couple of accurate balls and you fucking go out the go out the side and you go up a Dorito and then you just keep making those moves and being able to even in the snake and being able to um, make it seem like there's multiple people in a bunker or you, you're hearing their call and it's actually off and you can hear their call of like where they think you are but you're actually in this spot and it's it's that the little fucking you know the little brainer shit that absolutely. I absolutely yeah I'm always listening. Uh... I, I'm sure there's times when it looks like I'm in my bunker not doing anything, but it's just me listening, probably uh, mm-hmm. listening to what they're talking about, listening to their guns, seeing how you tell where they're shooting and stuff. And so many times I, I bunkered people just based off of what I hear, nothing else, just listening. <laughs> so got to use everything that you can out there, shadows, <laughs> everything. Dude, the senses are an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, as you're, as you're saying that, I've always been uh, – yelled at in my career of not talking enough but I was always like absorbing I feel like I was just I was feeling the game I was letting all the other guys um like play the game and I I would play it off of that and then Mm -hmm. I would also like I would almost do something so quickly as as far as I'm concerned that me calling the spot out or something like that was like wasting time in certain times because I would make such a quick move and do it um, that it was just like I wouldn't say it because sometimes I get so close to the other side where if I start yelling I feel like I'm you know I'm just giving away my it's just almost as bad as getting to a spot and shooting down the tape at nothing right away you right, know just right. letting everybody everybody know especially yes. the next front guy in front of me it's like oh is that a gun that sounds really fucking that sounds like it's right down the tape oh it is and get my fucking neck split open Exactly. Yeah. Um, What what was the mindset um, behind you going to AC Diesel? Was it your decision or was it kind of just like, hey, if you want to go play with these guys, you're more than welcome kind of a thing? Uh, It was it was kind of we're going to put you over here. Yeah. Uh, And I'm sure that. Well, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to play this year again in typical fashion <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah uh, that's Polly told me they, they wanted to put me over there uh, and with all the things that happened I was totally fine with that Yeah. Um, and I know Mark Johnson from the Outlaws so we have history and it seemed like a good place to go uh, and all those guys are very hungry and I'm finding out even more so so it's I'm really happy with uh, where I'm at right now excited to see what this team does this year nice man it's uh because they did halfway decent too i think they did did they do better Better. than you guys yeah yeah and they beat us yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah they went straight sunday they went 4-0 i think they mercy ruled three out of their four games that's right that's right yeah man there's there is some angry dudes down in uh down in texas (laughs) who are just hungry as shit to just you know put it to anybody and um man we're we're better to to play paintball all the time down in Texas, except for when it was snowing. <laughs> um, so what is it like for you going down? To, like, How often do you go down to Texas to practice? Uh, I've been down there twice now so already, and we were in California before that. So fairly frequently. Uh, I'll be down there again in, what is it, three weeks for the first layout weekend. Mm-hmm. That'll be the next time I go down, and then every weekend after that for the event 
Now, do you find yourself uh, kind of wanting to play, do you see yourself playing multiple seasons, or is it kind of just, as far as life goes and everything, is it kind of just like a year-to-year thing? Um, as far as personal life, yeah, it's a year-to-year thing, but I would love to see. I mean, like uh, we talked about earlier, I haven't had that grind with a team, and I've, it's not because I don't want to. It's just haven't, haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. So. I love the idea of staying with the team and um, grinding out seasons together and trying to get that win. Um, so that's all I want at this point, just win some more events with them. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's uh, – I wonder what – oh, Danny. How how did you um, become friends with Danny? Danny? Danny Benitez. Oh, uh, just playing there all the time. Uh, yeah, I was always there anytime that I could. And uh, even after hours, I'd be there playing paintball one-on-ones with him and stuff. And yeah, I would just hang out at the field all the time. That's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, I used to play with him all the time with uh, Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he was a cool dude. He was living at, at CLP at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, it's it's crazy. And then the whole thing with Marcus, um, Marcus Nielsen. Yeah. That's yeah, I heard about that. Dude, it's so it's what's nuts on top of that is the uh not this past weekend but the weekend before um there was this guy at the field who had a Arsenal Nielsen jersey on. Like pristine. <laughs> like I don't even I'm it's sweet that the dude was wearing it and I gave him a compliment on it, but it's like you're looking at it you're like I wouldn't want to get that dirty. I just <laughs> I w- those are one of the jerseys you just hang up in a fucking like you just have like the jersey itself was cool the font was cool on the jersey it was the whole style of that team i don't know if you remember arsenal oh yeah oh, dude yeah. those yeah. guys that whole characteristic of like jc whittington and i can't and and marcus obviously and um uh, a few other guys who were on that team I have, i'm blanking on yeah it i can't remember either but yeah but it's like it's <clears throat> the the characters on the team and just how fucking cool they were and how they just uh it was cool playing against that team and they were shooting angels mm-hmm. and had these all black everything and they were they had the jt flexes then you had marcus with the like rasta shit and <laughs> a was, tail feather and a tail yeah it was <laughs> it was so cool and that was one guy who was uh do you remember JC Whittington? Yeah. Um he was one of those guys who had a very unique style of play. I swear to god he was like 7 foot tall, but he could play like a super small like little spot and his voice was really loud and he was one of those sneaky guys and I think he started didn't he start on like Bad Company or something or he started on like, some spider right. team? I, yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like I remember him shooting a spider. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's crazy how when people start like where they they come from. Like li- thinking about all the guys that came out of the um, Tipman Effect camp, who were shooting fucking ninety eights in tournaments, and then mm-hmm. you know everybody starting out with. And I I remember getting a marker. Um, I actually shot the the spider AMG before mm-hmm. I was on Tipman Effect and on nine and. Uh, shot a 98 which is kind of uh, weird you you get all these markers and then you get on timid effect and you're gonna shoot a 98 in the tournament yeah you <clears> still have yours i do i do and i think it still shoots it, awesome. i have the manual i have the manual one though the the tiger stripe oh, okay. like manual one. Oh, that's cool ah uh, yeah it's uh but now i'm just now i'm shooting just an emac just playing uh 
That's all you need. Just, dude, it's fun as shit, dude. And all these guys, I'm playing with Brimstone, and these guys are like, everyone is doing all this crazy shit, legal, like crazy shit, to make these things shoot even better. Okay. Which is like the like the valves and the type of lube that they use, and the their their uh, manufacturing triggers um, to go on, and just all this other different shit. And you're like, okay, well, I, like I like my stock one that I shoot. It's like it was like one of the old promo ones. It doesn't have a pop, you know, nothing like that. And then um, Anthony Call um, lets me shoot his, and it's like it's like it's like fucking butter i'm like okay all right i'm i'm converted officially it's it's crazy and it's so much fun dude it's it's almost like just playing normally because you're just you're watching you're you're holding every ball accountable and you're actually watching it go to all these spots because you pulled the trigger and yeah, God, i'm such a fucking hands. nerd <laughs> can't wait to get my hands on the classic frame <laughs> dude it's it's fun man the only thing i would say that i would change out of the entire thing is I would make it seven man. Okay, I, I, I'd I'd be down with that. Ten uh, man can be a lot. Oh, dude, it's it's three more, which is a pain in the dick, dude. Like three more is such <laughs> a pain sh- in the dick. You shoot five, and there's still five left. I know. That's oh. a whole other game left. <laughs> there is, and um, maybe because it's if you get shot early in one of those games, you're fucking sitting for like twelve minutes, and that's a oh, you know. Yeah. Then everybody's like, no, play front. Go f- run far off the break. I was like, there are 10 dudes shooting at me. Can I at least like work my way up the field? Right. Exactly. Uh, but seven, man, it felt like at least that's three more barrels that you don't have to worry about like off the break. Or... Mm-hmm. It's a good fucking happy medium. Definitely. Uh, so what? Um, so are you still training jujitsu? No, I haven't been. Uh, but my son is. And he's been he's been really enjoying that, so that's cool. Nice man, and he's uh, that's Oliver, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he's a cool kid. I remember hanging out with him at World Cup uh, <laughs> that year, and everybody, and uh, that's really cool. My son's not really yet into uh, following all the directions at the mm-hmm. moment. He's kind of like just like wanting to do whatever. But I think my, I think he more or less might be artsy fartsy but my daughter is she's already doing like triangles like <laughs> on <laughs> like leg triangles on on yeah. my son i'm like i'm like what are you don't leave him alone and she's two <laughs> he's five and she's like just she comes around behind him and she like rear naked chokes him to the ground and gets him I'm like awesome <laughs> it's because i do it to her so and my son, he's like he's like sensitive, and he likes drawing, and he likes which I I love, but it's so crazy how opposite my daughter is like very physical, very loud, and just uh, a crazy person. And then my son yeah. is very quiet, sensitive, enjoys drawing, being outside. Well, they both like being outside, but I love my kids, dude. I love kids. I love. I love being able to see them grow up and being able to teach them things and, and, and be involved. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Watching him learn anything or accomplish anything there. It, uh, yeah, it's indescribable that feeling. You can't feel it on your own. You, it's when you see your kid accomplish something totally different. Yeah. 
yeah, I can I can completely understand my parents why they were cheering so loud um, <laughs> for whatever I was doing. That's one thing I I definitely uh, you know am, am very fortunate was I had supportive parents and um, because it's one thing <clears throat> it's one thing to to have parents that enjoy uh, like watching their children succeed and being involved in their lives. But it's another thing to be able to like support them in what they actually want to do rather than, um, I mean, granted they taught me lessons in life and it was, they weren't like, you know, be free and do all this. They're like they, they, I learned lessons. Um, but they were also understanding in that I enjoy. And even to this day, like I just enjoy experiences all together, like whether it be um, just going to a different place or, or going somewhere that I've never been to, like a town, but then not having, like, not going to Applebee's, but actually going to, like, a fucking hole-in-the-wall, rusty spoon place. So just to be able to have that experience, I I enjoy thoroughly, and to be able to have uh, loving support like that, to be able to, like, oh, okay, well, you don't want to play baseball and football and go do that, like, in college or anything and you want to move away to Seattle and pursue a professional paintball career. I'm still to this day surprised that they were so supportive. Um, Cause thinking about it as a parent now, I'm like, if they give me, it gives me anxiety just thinking about them growing up and like making some of the decisions that I've made. Yeah. And let's be honest, going down the paintball path is probably not the most lucrative decision you could make, but you know, we make it work, <laughs> but fulfilling in ways, you know yeah, what I mean? It's... No, there's, I don't play paintball for that. I mean, I play it because I really enjoy playing the game. Uh, I'm really big into puzzles and that's just how I look at paintball. It's just a big puzzle with people right there, running right around there. with guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another thing with, um, I relate paintball and jujitsu is, you know, you know, jujitsu, I feel like you're just a human puzzle that you're trying to figure out playing paintball. I enjoy playing paintball because it's a fucking puzzle that you're especially playing the positions that we play um you are like the fucking front piece of the puzzle trying to figure it out and um i enjoy it there's actually a youtube channel of this guy magician like magician i think he's a professional magician but just not like super famous like magician but just one who actually just gets paid to go around does tricks whatever but he has a, a, a channel that is specific to him. People send him these puzzle boxes and all this other shit, and he oh, just I think I know solves what them. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. What's he? Yeah, he's got tattoos all over his hands. Yes. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are really cool. I've watched a bunch of his videos. Yeah. Insane the kind of things that people make and send him and the thought process behind, like, the trap doors and the, the – just – it's – amazing to me like to me that's entertainment yeah definitely i would love to try one of those puzzles oh and i i know he has like um uh there's another company who actually makes like ones that you can buy and they're just there's on you know smaller scale but i'm sure there's ones that you could buy that are fucking hundreds or thousands of dollars but right um yeah dude i love i love doing little puzzles like that and even i would love to do one of those those box puzzles it's so sweet yeah i and i I relate uh, paintball to jujitsu as well, and I relate both of them as well to chess, which I've been playing a lot lately. Um, playing, starting playing chess has changed the way I look at the game as well. So, highly recommend anyone out there. 
wanting to try something new. Chess, great game. Chess. <laughs> a lot of fun. I'm going to write that down, and also I've, I've never learned how to play chess. And it always, from the outside, I was always like, because it's black and white. And to me, I was just like, it just looks boring because it's just black and white and there's there's so many pieces and you're like I'm looking at it and I my ADHD went through the roof where I was like no nah, no no black and white I just want to do something else more colorful yeah. and but I'm yeah, I'm the, actually intrigued now being older on the surface on the surface it's very boring and I I had the same feeling but I think YouTube got me into it one the algorithm recommended me some chess video one day mm-hmm. and I, for whatever reason I clicked it and then I've been hooked ever since um but there's so much beauty in the movement of the pieces and um, some of the patterns that you can create. Or it's just, yeah, it's I love that game now. Uh, I have a little chessboard that I got that I take with me on, on all my flights, just hoping someone will play with me. <laughs> uh, and I actually did get someone on my last flight to uh, San Antonio this past weekend. Uh, my you just leave it still... open next to you, just like looking at everybody, waiting. Yeah, yeah, I leave it out. Uh, <laughs> when I'm waiting but he he was real chatty uh, which is not very common on airplanes but uh, I was like this is random but do you play chess and he knew how to play so we played he wasn't you know very good but <laughs> I'm just happy to play anyone anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so awesome so I mean so what it's every piece has designated moves that they can make right right and that's it I mean, for the most part, right? You can only move these certain pieces, these certain ways in the in this mm-hmm. certain pattern, and like you try and pin the queen or the you try and pin the queen into where well, she can't move. The ultimate goal is to checkmate the king to where king can't move. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The queen is the most versatile and most powerful piece. So how does it? So you don't want to lose it. So what is the queen like? How does the queen move? I don't mean to like die, try and dissect the game. No, I'm it's just fine. Like, I'm, it, uh, I'm curious. It can it can move uh, in any direction, essentially, forwards, backwards, diagonally, um, and in any space as possible. As long as it doesn't have to jump something, it can't jump pieces. Oh, gotcha. I don't, I don't know why, man. Now I'm like I feel like a light bulb switched, and I just want to. I really want to learn it now. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. I think you would. <clears throat> And and if you do get into it, uh, we can play online all the time. <laughs> oh, great! You get to kick your ass on there too. Yeah. Sweet. I'm down. Um. Hey, dude. I I really actually had a great time talking to you, and I'm um super di- you know excited to watch you play more on the Diesel team, and to see you grow even more as a player and a person. I think the small amount of time that we were able to spend with each other where we did a little uh rolling down in uh in Ainuchi's basement and everything we got to and we just I think that's kind of where we got to talk too because <clears throat> with jujitsu it's very much like on a personal level where uh you kind of get to know somebody and and being able to roll and kind of like have the time to like talk and get to know each other it's such a weird like some people sit and have conversations but I feel like for people with jujitsu if you have the opportunity and you're like Hey man, you want to go roll? Like it's 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 like just a <laughs> yeah. This is I mean, let's go do it. Yeah, yeah. Especially at the uh, at that time, and again now, I'm I've got the itch again since I got Ollie into it. Um, but uh, it's hard for me to find people to roll with. So when I heard you did it, I I wanted to jump at the opportunity, and also the the 
the kid in me, you know, you're Carl Markowski, who I grew up watching play. So to be able to roll Carl Markowski, I mean, how often does someone get to say that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not not many from the paintball community, that's for sure, because I (laughs) I discovered jujitsu late. But um, no, it was cool because I was even then I was like still kind of new at it. So and even now, like I, I, I enjoy it. I'm actually getting ready this next month. I'm going to get my vaccine and everything and get that taken care of. Then I'm going to start training again. Um, but I haven't, I haven't wasted any time like watching videos and keeping up and staying, trying to stay with it as much as possible. Um, but it was cool just to be able to like kind of see your skill set and kind of see, and when you roll with other people too, you kind of realize like where your skill set is. And it's just fun to be able to, it's a great expressive energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love it. Again, it's like a puzzle. So, um, yeah, I just enjoy that. Yeah, man. Uh, Zach, thank you so much, dude, for, for jumping on here with me and tolerating my nonsense um, <laughs> for an hour and a half. I, I very much appreciate it. And uh, it's been great, man. Awesome. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed it. Uh, and it was just as easy as you said it would be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, dude, uh, please keep in touch and, and good luck in this upcoming season. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there, bud. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. See ya. Thank you, Zach. Much appreciated, man. Uh, good luck. And I, you're, you're a talent, bro. It's, uh, it's, it's cool watching you play. And um, you're just uh, you're a ninja, my friend. A ninja. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, make sure you check out our sponsors, uh, Charm City Paintball, uh, on Facebook and Instagram for all of your headgear needs, uh, Melavio for all of your CBD needs, uh, and that's a 15% off TPOP promo code at checkout for, uh, for your cart. So fill her up and, uh, and use that promo code. Uh, Halo Sport, the organic um, essential trace minerals packed drink that will get all of your nutrients and everything replenished at the end of a hard practice. You can find them at halosport.com and you can get 10% off a TPOP promo code. Uh, like I said, guys, it's it's available online. Check out all their flavors. Only two grams of sugar. Delish. Delish, if I do say so myself. And uh, again, guys, please, if you, if you want any more information on the podcast, or if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, you can head to theplayingonpodcast.com. And if you would like to com- contribute to the podcast, patreon.com slash theplayingonpodcast. Very much appreciated, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it is a pleasure. Uh, and please be safe out there. Do not text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Listen to podcasts like this one. And we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.